Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. Let's start the year off with some good vibes. Listen, we need it, especially if it's your first day back in the office. Like it is for us, you just want to put your head down. I totally get it. So let's give ourselves some momentum for 2024. A good way to do it is to think about our best moments from 2023, even those hard moments that we can learn from. To help, I'm bringing in my buddies from behind the curtain, Sundown's producers, Leslie Ovalle Atkinson and Elisa Baena. We picked through some of our favorite moments with our guests from last year. Think of this as your hype track for the new year. We got dating advice, great sports moments, lots of unexpected bits during our first year making the new sundial for you. Helping me slide into 2024 are Leslie and Elisa. What's up, buddies? Hey, Hi. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's funny to look back to think about, you know, having done a full year of the show already, you know, and... and not just that, but all the people we meet. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I really like about doing this show. And what I like about presenting it for folks is that we get to we get this opportunity to live our guests' lives for an hour. And I don't know about you, but like I've had that moment where we finish a show and, and I get off and I'm like, is that what I should be doing with my life? Should I be like, yeah. should, I, should I have gone should into should have been a composer? <laughs> yeah. Should I have been a ballet choreographer? That's you. That's what you ask. Right. Should I have been a ballet choreographer? I just want to say, though, I want to say that you're so lucky because last year you met Leslie and I. Oh, boy. And, you know, <laughs> your life. Has I, been know, I know that every I know that every day that I walk through our door. And you see me, you're like, uh, should that have been my life? It's a glow in my life. <laughs> I could have been. I could have been Anissa uh, and Leslie. A dance prodigy turned yes. radio yes. producer. Yeah, yes. there we go. There we go. But we do. It's not, not a dull day, you know? Never. No, no. And and I think I, as, as people here today, like, we really have had such a, uh, a wide variety of guests on the show, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and you guys have had a chance to, to be on the mic yourselves, not just like today, but also hosting full interviews, yeah. which I thought mm-hmm. is really cool. And. And that's actually a pretty interesting place to start, right? Because at least I know for you, like one of our big moments was yeah. El Alo Negro. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think definitely that was a highlight of my year was was getting to interview one of my favorite artists, El Alo Negro, Roberto Carlos Lange, South Florida native, Latin singer. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I felt... I felt like I definitely when I was talking to him, I I did not feel like I could do what he does. I definitely mm. cannot. Don't have those talents. But I think we get that a lot. Like you sit yeah. in the chair and you're like, wow. That, yeah, you're like, don't worry, Eddie. I know. I know mountain. that you could have never been a singer. <laughs> no, but, but what a mountain everyone has yeah. climbed to mm-hmm. get to where they are, which is yeah. why we have them on. You know, yeah, they, right. they really yeah. have climbed their own personal mountains. Mm-hmm. Um and and Elanero, but so one of the things that you got to do, which we don't always get to do, mm-hmm. is you got to go see him. Yeah. Like perform and yep. interview him like on site, right? Yeah. What was yeah. the background of that? So what what we the way that we kind of like structured our afternoon because we I we produced the whole show that morning. It was a very long day for me. Mm-hmm. We produced oh, the whole show. I, I know. Poor me. I did my job. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> so. So, yeah, we had our live show, you know, like usual, Yumi and, and Helen. Helen was our. our right, other, I was on maternity. Our other producer. I was listening. While, Yes, you were. Right. And so was your dad. Shout out to Helen Acevedo. Who, I know. Please. While Leslie was out yes. Shout uh, out. For, for a period, um, she really stepped in and, and really did a great job. She did. We she love made you, our Helen. show better and it mm-hmm. was amazing. It was but, great. Yeah, we love you, Helen. But anyway, so yeah, so we, we did our show and then I got in an Uber, 
I went to Club Space, which is very close to us. Mm-hmm. I, I am not a fan of space. I'm a fan of space if I'm speaking to El Alo Negro. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> it's literally close to us. It's not figuratively yeah, it's, close. Yes. Yeah, there we go. It's, not it's literally close, close to our it's, it's very close to my brother in his heart. <laughs> That's but another close. Yeah, close. shout out to my brother. But yeah, so then, so then I, I saw his rehearsal. And then I talked to him in the green room of Club Space, right next to the ice machine. Awesome radio we made right there. And then I went to his... No, then I went to the corner. Then he and I walked over to the corner, which is a bar. It's Mm -hmm. on a corner. And we had a beer. We did some chit-chatting. He let me go. I went to meet some of our other friends at 11th Street Pizza. I had myself a white pizza. And then I went back to Club Space. And I... Club. Another club. Hey. Another club. Hey. Another club. <laughs> well, I think that... And the beauty is, you know, we get a little bit be- behind the scenes of what it takes to do something like that. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough most of the time to have someone in the studio and then we get to right, kind they of... come to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They come to us and right. we have to extract bit from them. But you actually got to see him in his own environment. Right. Which was interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that the best way to really kind of get that is, is mm-hmm. to play a little bit of that you know yeah. a little bit of that interview that really puts us in a place and puts us uh, not just inside his head but inside his music i was just watching you rehearse right And it's obvious that it seems like you're like you're present, like you're you're in your body, you're kind of like aware of your body, but also you're you're almost not too aware that you're able to just groove and like connect yeah. to the movement, you know, and to the music, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Do you dance? I do actually, yeah. Cool. I was a a trained classical ballet dancer. Amazing. Yes, I did I trained with Miami City Ballet. I'm from Miami, obviously. <laughs> Hello, my name is Lisa. I, <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> as, as if it's not obvious. <laughs> that was Sundial producer Elisa Baena talking to with the artist El Alonado earlier this year. And it was that was one of your moments of joy this year, right? That was one of my moments of joy, I got to say. Now, I, I, Leslie, I know that you were kind of like, you were home during this time, and that, that was like a, a show that you kind of tuned into later. I'm curious mm-hmm, what it yeah. was like for you to like listen to it and, and hear Elisa kind of like, Take the microphone. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, no, I actually remember. So I, I heard it on the podcast. Um, so I was like fresh out of maternity leave. Well, I was in maternity leave. I remember I was on my stroller walking Thomas. Aww. and Aww, Your my little baby. moment of joy. My moment of joy. And, and I was listening to Elisa and, and it's a beautiful episode. I mean, if you can uh, listen, go listen to it, listen to it. It's very like beautifully produced. And I was just very proud of Elisa. You know, I think I left for maternity leave and. I don't, you hadn't done anything, something like that. And then there I was listening to you. And I think the music was really great. And then at the end of the show, there's a little tease. You and Carlos talk mm-hmm. about some of the, some of his music. And it's just a fun show, you know? Yeah, yeah I felt like Thank that's you. one of the things that, that well, we do here, even, even though we're doing it literally every day and we're prepping every morning mm-hmm. to get it done, is that 
we try to bring in those little elements like music. You know? Yeah. When we try to bring in music, I yeah. feel like we're always in a good mood, right? Yeah. yeah. Just vibe. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself. I feel like I've given I've I've given you guys little bits of dance. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I didn't, uh, listen, I, I think I've said it to one of our guests, uh, you, to Jamar Roberts. I was like, what I know about ballet can fit inside of a thimble. You did say that. But, but like, I think that that's also the beauty of getting to co-host with you guys and, and produce shows with you guys is that it opens up mm-hmm. my world, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's because we're different, different, definitely different generationally. And I appreciate yes. that, you know? Yeah, we bring the Stay humble, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> Stay <laughs> humble. I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting to know that, like, a lot of the... You guys book 99% of the guests. Mm-hmm. And it's and if I'm like, I'm not sure who this person is. Is this person going to be good? And you guys are like, no, no, no. This person is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I just take your word for it. Yeah. And I know oh, I'm in good shape. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, one of those that... I think one of the ones that we all got excited about mm-hmm. is uh, David Anasagasti. Uh, uh-huh. Me, because I get to say his tag name on the radio, which is A-Hole Sniffs Glue. Um, and and <laughs> I, know, I know people were listening to that on the radio when we were promoing and mm-hmm. we're kind of like, did I hear that correctly? And yeah. it's like, yeah, listen, we can't make up the guy's names. Even our, like, even our engineer was like, can you say that? Can we say that <laughs> phrase? Apparently you can. Um, yeah. And David is, um, David's art, if, if you'll recognize it, especially if you're driving through Miami, because um, he started as a tag artist, and you'll mm-hmm. see these sleepy eyes all over yeah. Miami. Yeah. Um, tell me about how how did that come about? Remind me how we how you guys were able to to snag David for the show. Do you remember? Oh yes, through my connections, Carlos. Oh, of course, course. <laughs> of course. Mass connections. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, not really. Uh, no, he. We were connected to him because I went to uh, an art exhibit opening at Ulight. And he had a piece at Ulite Arts in on Lincoln Road in South Beach. And because I'm such a friendly person. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Ulite Art, we've had we've had yeah. folks representative that have been uh, have shown their art there right. or have been artists in residence. Right, there. artists mm-hmm. in residence, yeah. yeah. I don't know actually. I don't believe he meh, I don't know. But he he long story short, he had a, a piece in in that exhibit and so I talked to the people at Ulite, shout out to them and i was like we've been wanting to have david for a very long time his his eyes are literally iconic i know that word is super overused <laughs> but his eyes for for miami street art and just for miami natives people who you know grew up in the city his his work i would say is iconic so yeah, so and, and so we it, got to do something very special with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the interesting that you things did about not him. want to do. Yeah, I did not want to do it. So <laughs> David has this uh, really interesting thing where he went strictly from street artist mm-hmm. to an exhibit artist, you know. And part of that comes from this um, this project that he has that that was called um, Geographies of Trash. Geographies of Trash, where yeah. he basically he rides his bike all mm-hmm. around Miami and yeah. he. And he puts his art on pieces of trash as a way to encourage people to mm-hmm. pick up this trash and yeah. like take it with them, literally take mm-hmm. it off the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have that interview with David, and I want to play a little bit of that. David paints on random discarded items as he bikes around the streets of Miami. He posts a picture of it on social media and sets off a mad scavenger hunt. People rush to pick up trash that previously went unnoticed. This morning, we went on a ride with him. Our producers, Elisa Baena and Helen Acevedo, tailed him for an hour around downtown as he turned trash into treasure. 
if the piece is like really weird and obnoxiously big or and you know that it's not everybody could get it because it's like some crazy furniture or whatever mm -hmm. like i'll go into it extra harder to make it more of like a somewhat sought after more you know I love that clip because you guys, you and Helen Acevedo, uh, mm -hmm. actually got a chance to ride around with him and, and really put us there. Um, yeah. Tell me what that was like. That was amazing. I mean, I got to, obviously we work in downtown and, and I grew up near this area, so I'm familiar with downtown, but it's one, it's a different thing to drive into downtown and mm -hmm. park your car and go into work and walk to lunch and it and then, you know, getting on your bike and and riding around, riding around with with your colleague and your friend and this amazing street artist, you know. So it was it was awesome. We I there was a cemetery around the corner. Did not know this. I saw, I think, Mary Brickle and Julia Tuttle's gravestones. And okay. Nice. And the interesting part is like Surprise. Did, that event, that whole thing, kind of. It got you into biking, right? It, it locked in a new interest. So around, I made this connection recent, recently, like literally two weeks ago. Uh, around the time that we interviewed David, it was over the summer, and I had this urge to like get a bike. And so my uncle's a cyclist. Shout out to my tío Dario. He lent me his bike, and I still have it. And <laughs> I have not given it back. Um, and so I started biking, and then we had him on the show, and... And then we went for that bike ride and he spent basically the whole hour of our interview talking about how amazing biking is and how much he loves bikes. And my bike is literally my favorite thing in the world right now. My most prized possession. And the other day I was riding around Miami Beach and I thought and I made this connection. I was like, wow, I should actually like shoot David a text and tell him that he actually kind of got me into biking and, and thank you. I was in a grateful holiday mood. And I swear to God, as I'm riding my bike past me goes David Anasagasti, a.k.a. A-hole sniffs glue. That was him. I confirmed. Wow, it. the two pieces coming together yeah. perfectly. Thank you, universe. And and yeah, I was you manifested that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, well, riding bike really changed his life, and and folks, uh, it really helped him get through a period mm -hmm. of of a uh, uh, personal where he was uh, he was uh, abusing uh, drugs and alcohol, and it right. really helped him come through that and kind of start a new mm -hmm. a new path for himself. And mm -hmm. folks can find that uh, folks can find that episode uh, in your favorite podcast app. Now, Leslie, I know that you you also had moments of joy, including uh, this little bundle that came uh, yes. to us, but that kept you away from us for the past year. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about all those little moments of joy for you as well uh, that you know you experience as part of the show. Today, we're talking about some of our moments of joy from 2023. I'm joined in studio by our Sundown producers, Leslie Ovalle-Atkinson and Elisa Baena. Elisa was just telling us in the last segment about uh, the artist A-Hole Sniffs Glue, uh, David Anasagasti, and it, it was interesting to me, one thing I didn't note at the end of that was that he and a previous guest, a uh, guy that goes by the name of Atomic, Atomic, they were they're kind of rival street artists uh, back in the day, and we've now had them both in studio. So, like, mm -hmm. only good vibes inside oh, the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we have two pieces of their art 
That's right. But please don't rob us. No. Yeah. Oh, thank I mean, you. literally, you would have to cut a, a hole in the wall yes. because, uh, because David, like our guests do, yeah. they signed the wall. They signed a, a wall that mm-hmm. um, as they were renovating, as even, even as they're renovating our studio, uh, we got to give a shout out to, to to Andrew to, Ruiz who uh, oh, yeah. who preserved that piece of wall so that mm-hmm. uh, so we can have that. Yeah. And you, you can see that wall on our social media at yes, WLRNSundown on Instagram. That's right. Oh, wait. And... And when so this is just funny when when Atomic was in the studio after the after our interview, he stayed for like two extra hours doing a an original piece of artwork for us oh, that we have. That yes, he did that here he in the studio where the I'm studio. sitting. Oh, yeah, it, it's a beautiful. Amazing. And and so at when he was finally done after like two hours, he he was like, OK, what's everybody's name again so that I can dedicate it to you guys. And then he goes, Carlos, Elisa, Helen. And we go, oh, can you add can you add Leslie? And he goes, no, Leslie's not here. And we're like, no, she's on maternity leave. He was like, I don't care. She's not here. <laughs> I know, bad vibes. Come on, Atomic. Atomic we're going to have you vibe. back now. Yeah. Now Leslie. that I'm here. We got but, more art. Yeah. But Leslie, you, you, you're bringing back, you bring back only good vibes. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about some of the biggest joys for you this year. Okay. I'll talk to you about the biggest joy <laughs> this year. <laughs> My son, Thomas, Tomas. You know, he's Tomas here. Tomas. Um, and of course, you know, he's like the cutest thing. He's um, seven months now and he had to make his way into our show. Of course. So <laughs> um, so he made his way into our show where we talked about the Marlins. We got a little sporty, which is a little new for us, but that was fun. And it was about how my husband and I, as we became first time parents, we also became a baseball family. And, you know, I'll, we'll listen a little bit to that story now. I didn't believe in good luck charms until this year, May 17th to be exact. It's the day my son was born. And it was quite a day for South Florida sports too. The Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics and the Miami Marlins beat the Washington Nationals. Then the Florida Panthers won the day after. Okay, some would say it's a coincidence, But our Thomas had a special relationship with one team, the Miami Marlins. And it began ever since he was in the womb, and we'd listen to the play-by-play on the radio. Thomas's dad, my husband, decided we were going to be a baseball family. He found comfort in baseball, probably amid the anxiety of becoming a parent for the first time. And so did I. We went with it. And so did Tom. If it was a good nap day, the fish would win. If he had a hard time sleeping, it would be a loss. He was like our own little crystal ball. And they did pretty well this season. They've done it! The drought is over! 20 years of waiting has come to an end here in Pittsburgh! It's time to party in Miami! That's Kyle Seeloff, the new Marlins radio guy. Listening to his play-by-plays helped make us a baseball family. In August, we took Tom to his first game. Fish played the Houston Astros. They lost two out of three games that week when Tom wasn't there, of course. But the night Tom was there in his little jersey and soundproof earmuffs, they won. Here's what my husband Kevin said. Thomas, it's all 
After the season ended for the fish, I got to meet Kyle Seeloff from Marlins Radio. He joined us on WLRN's Sundial, and I got to tell him the impact he's had on our family. We don't have a TV in our house, so <laughs> we have the radio on and we're listening to you and putting Thank the you. baby to sleep. <laughs> My husband's like doing the dishes with his ear to the radio. Then he'd come to me, you know, once the baby's asleep and he'd be like, they won. <laughs> <laughs> or like, we'll have to try again. I would like, yeah, well, it was a bad nap day. What can we expect? We're looking forward to next season. Hopefully Tom will be sleeping better by then. And maybe it'll mean a World Series for the Marlins. <laughs> We can only hope. Kyle was so great, Leslie. That that piece you you also produced that we uh, we used. Um, we've been folks might have heard pieces of it throughout the throughout the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But he was so great in studio to really talk about his own career path, which is like you said, everybody's got a mountain to climb, you know. And I feel like he's he talked like he's standing at the top of it, you know. Yeah, he talked about his hustle, which is something here in Miami we we can all really relate to, I think. And it was great having. Him in studio hosting with you for the first time was amazing. And in the control room, we had Thomas again in his little jersey and my husband there. So that was definitely, definitely a highlight for me of 2023. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that is not the only time that we've had a baby in the studio. Oh, no. <laughs> he, here he goes. <laughs> He's did. ready to bring this up. Let's yeah, go. We, we had we had <laughs> we a guest. Uh, we had a guest who who came in with it, came with his son, last had a last minute change. And and the little guy was... Uh, daughter, daughter, the little, well, his daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah uh, he, Elisa got to, got to baby. Yeah, it was Jesse Wooden, uh, the, Jesse the Wooden. episode we did about the set, um, the Lincoln Memorial Park Cemetery. Right. Mm-hmm. He purchased that cemetery. Yeah. Uh, he found he found his his trace back and found that his mom, who he didn't he didn't grow up with, was buried mm-hmm. at that cemetery and mm-hmm. found it kind of in disrepair. And then he he literally bought it and yeah. mm-hmm. and has been fixing it up and bringing it back and and fighting efforts from from people trying to buy it. Uh, yeah. To like, to, to build redevelop the area, yeah, it, it's a it's a beautiful story, um, and he has this beautiful story there too about they op- they reopened on Mother's Day and they mm-hmm. repainted and redid. Um, if you had your mom buried there or something, they redid their grave mm-hmm. and everything. It's it's a beautiful episode. Yeah. Find it on your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> another highlight, another <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> it's really wonderful. Listen, all all yeah. plugs here are sh- we we're we're totally shameless yeah. about yes. it because we want pe- we want people to go back and mm-hmm. find some of those shows that mm-hmm. that are even memorable yeah, to us as we talk about. Joy. But I want to jump in really quick because I I was on the other side of of the glass that day that <laughs> that Carlos and Leslie co-hosted this show with with Kyle Seeloff. And I was with Tomas, I was with Kevin, Leslie's husband, our engineer, and it was it was just such a beautiful moment to see you two, you know, hosting the show and it was so natural and it was fun and you did an, it was an amazing interview but also just amazing chemistry so i was very proud as as a producer i was very proud well Leslie, leslie's a pro it. she's much she longer is. a radio pro than i she am is. so i i you, leaned you can on. hear it in the story yes oh, go listen you. to the story again yeah i leaned on her <laughs> but but you know that wasn't it's funny because that that wasn't the only time we got to talk about sports on the radio right mm-hmm. like we had um oh, yeah. we had yes. we we actually got a little bit of it the author Alex Segura, who's a Miami native, and he he writes a lot of um, now he's writing not just his own novels, but he's written for Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, he writes like those novels that that uh, are part of their canon, mm-hmm. and um, and we had him in studio. I remember that like, he is so fun. He was such a great guest to talk to. Yeah. We had him on Zoom. 
That's and right. That, yes, we yes, have a behind true. the scenes. Oh, but, producer fact yes. checking you once yeah. again. Well, you know what's again. funny is we had this giant monitor we were trying out. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we brought in this huge yeah. monitor, so it felt like he was sitting here yeah. in the studio That's with us. True. Yeah, we tried to level up our Zoom game. Yeah. yeah, and he was and he was great because we were we had him. What's the background? We had him just as the Heat had won the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll let the audio. We'll, we'll take you there. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Our, our producer, Elisa, uh, was in the mm-hmm. middle of La Pachanga at La Carreta in West Chester. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. Uh, well, it was well, perfect. I was I was definitely getting stressed after uh, after a couple games. Well, you know, I know that you couldn't be there, but I, I feel like I feel like we should put you there. So we got yeah. we have a little audio and uh, this is what it was like in your old neighborhood. <laughs> Does that take you back at all? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's almost like I was there, which is perfect. Thank you for that. <laughs> you know, I I think like he was great and like his reaction was wonderful. But the behind the scenes of it is he couldn't hear that clip of the heat celebrating. It wasn't until after the show that we played it for him. But he played like he pretended like everything was fine. Yeah, he trusted. He went into his his memory box and went yeah. into his oh yeah and cuchara and he trusted us. Yeah, yeah. Really and did. I edited that audio so nicely. I know, Beautiful. but you I were was, up for La Pachanga. A, yeah, I sure was. At like and three I sh- in the morning. I showed up to work the next day, Carlos. Our Pachanga correspondent, like yeah, a pachanga. real <laughs> professional. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know we love. I think one of the lo- the things that we love about is when we can capture those South Florida moments right mm-hmm. and like that is such a south florida moment the heat celebrating and the way that we celebrate in south florida and for me another one of those south florida moments leslie that you mentioned uh, uh that really made you smile was when we had on uh the former power 96 dj lucy lopez right yeah that was a that was a huge highlight for me we we had tried we'd been i've been a producer on sundial from since the other iteration of sundial we've been trying to get her for a while anyways finally we had her um and I, yeah i grew up listening to her on the radio you know in the car um just it was just miami i, th- I think radio hasn't been the same since she left mm. i mean she just brought like this community aspect where like who you listen to on the radio it's you know you like they it's like you know them you know Mm -hmm. and um she brought that here to our studios and that was amazing um and we she did bring up a debate though that i do think carlos we need to leave it in 2023 are we gonna leave that in 2023 (laughs) okay so i think we all agree so lucy and i have had a long-standing debate and you can hear it now Oh my God, my blood pressure is going up. But I the agree. one thing that Carlos Frias tweeted at me yesterday that drove me crazy, mm-hmm. all right? Everybody brace. Everybody hold hands because it's about to go down. He said that a pastelito is a sandwich. How dare he? Well, there's some sort of substance in between the dough, right? Or no. or, or the bread. So no. I, I can see the, how that no. can be a sandwich as well. No, a patelito is not a sandwich. A patelito is a dessert. It is a breakfast pastry. Mm-hmm. It is not a sandwich. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And if you believe that, Zog, then maybe you should be part of the Church of Sandwichology, yeah. which he just came up with just to annoy people like me. So thank you, Carlos Frias. You've been annoying me since yesterday, 3.05 in the afternoon, and it's now almost 8 o'clock in the morning the following day. Damn, Carlos, thanks. At 
Carlos Frias. Let him know that a pastelito is not a sandwich. It's true, though. It's not a sandwich. DJ's dog is my dog here. It's he not a sandwich. Me. It's not a sandwich. And the fact, and the fact that you're bringing this online beef to the prestigious studios of WLRN blows my mind. This is the only reason I took this job is so I could have this conversation on this radio station with you. Important people have walked the halls. You have somebody running your board over there who's the president of this company. There's there's important... Look, you guys have Emmys. So... Leslie, you're saying that I need to leave that in 20. We need to leave. Mm-hmm. We need to settle that. We need to leave yeah. that beef in 2023. I'm saying less debates on sandwiches, more eating sandwiches. <laughs> and that's we have our our friend and produ- our co-producer Alyssa Ramos brought us some sage. So we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna, sage gonna the studio. We are limpiando. We are leaving the sandwich debate in 2023. I, I feel the thing is you have to burn the sage, and I feel like okay. when we do that. The fire department's going to be yeah. called. Well, yeah, I, I'm not in the mood for that. T- oh, just okay. because because Elisa's grandma and my husband are hearing. I'll bring Agua Bendita tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll bring holy water. Well, Leslie, <laughs> Leslie's husband is a firefighter, so you want the smoke so alarm. <laughs> you want the smoke alarm to, yeah. <laughs> to come on. But we're, we're going to leave the sandwich debate, but but, but we're going to talk about Lucy a little bit more because mm-hmm. I felt like like there was uh I, like I. I want to say uh, Peter J. Merritt, who's our VP of radio, mm-hmm. uh, he literally came in after that show and was like, here, take my card. Because <laughs> yeah. she's not been in radio for a minute, but he's like, her voice is so mm-hmm. is so Miami, so essentially yeah. Miami, you know, which yeah. is such a big part of our coverage area. Her personality, her energy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's our community. Yeah. yeah. She was one of those things that, that put us in a good mood last year. And, we, and we got, I mean... You know, I, I know Lucy Lopez from listening to her when I was like going to school. You know, I was finally being able to sit in the front seat and I can do the Aww. radio. You know, my dad wasn't handling How the radio. How old were anymore. you when you got to sit in the front seat? I don't know yet. Maybe 12. Oh, my God. Probably you're going to make earlier. you're going to make know. Lucy feel so old right <laughs> oh, now. Anyway, that's harsh. Sorry, but any, well, I'm young. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, we you know, she was she told us about getting into acting. She told us, you know, it was it was really Lucy. And yeah. that's what we do here on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these people from our community because they're artists or they're on radio or, or whatever mm-hmm. they are. But then they get in our studio they talk to us they talk to Carlos and yeah. it's just really beautiful sometimes how they can open up and you see the, the humanity of them and their stories and what they've been through their inspiration you know mm-hmm. that they can bring yeah and I think I remember when we when we all started working together last year and and we started thinking about okay how do we want to make this show and what do we want it to sound like our boss actually Katie Katie Munoz she a, a, an early goal that that she set for us and an early vision that she had for us was I would love for people to laugh and cry at the same time (laughs) and with Lucy that was definitely a a peak moment of that we were laughing we were crying at the same time yeah we we definitely had we we definitely had a roller coaster in that time one of the things I liked about is that we uh, we really try to like emulate we try to uh, make our guests 3D, right? Like whatever it is that makes them interesting, we try to bring it into another dimension. And it was the only show that we borrowed from Power 96 and mm. made it a call-in show. So we yeah. actually had guests calling in. Like we did a total Power 96 style where like, yeah. uh, you know, is this patelito a sandwich? Call in to such and such a number. And we got plenty the of calls. Lines, yeah. Yes, they yeah. lit up. They lit up. But, but let's tell them about who, who called. Yeah, We, we the, had two, two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you guys were Which loading is... the dice though on the other nah. side. I probably nah. had a dozen calls. I don't have that much power. 
I had a dozen calls in support of my of my well, sandwich logic. Well, we had you know our, our listeners. We had people on on both sides. <laughs> yes, we're All a right, balanced got, we're got, a balanced show. I here. feel like we got to hear from from our engineer Richard Ives. What is a pastelito a sandwich Aye. in your in your opinion? What do you think, Richard? Richard what? has we, never No, had, yes, you have, had a Richard. Of course you have had a sandwich. A guava sandwich. pastelito? A oh, my God. I, I, just called, <gasps> I just called it a sandwich. I literally <laughs> just called it. We're oh leaving it. Oh, my God. I'm, sage. I'm right. doing Burn the sage. It. We're Burn leaving the it sage. in 2023. <laughs> no, but Richard, you have had a pastelito, please. Yes. From and, Zach the Baker. He and, had a Zach the Baker pastelito. And from, from your lips, a pastelito no. is a sandwich. No. Today, we're talking about some of the moments from 2023 that we'll remember, that we'll use as momentum going into 2024. I'm joined in studio by Sundial producers Leslie Ovalle Atkinson and Elisa Baena. You know, I, I think about, you know, some of the things that we learn from year to year, right? Um, and some of them are not, you know, they're not always, they, they can be like two sides of the coin. Moments that bring you great joy and moments that make you reflect because they force you to, to deal with some emotional things. And um, we had one of those moments uh, with the author, Carl Hyacin. So like one of my moments, uh, I think all our moments, was being able to interview him in front of an audience um, of about 250 people at the Miami Book Fair in November. And he was so gracious, and the people were so excited to be there. Uh, we actually, the room was so full, it right? Was, like, yeah, I was going to say, it was packed. I mean, we got yeah. people that were locked out i mean yeah like, we're gonna make it in our boss couldn't even uh, go inside. it's like if you weren't if you weren't in line i was surprised that i looked i poked out and there was a line literally yeah. like 100 people deep just waiting yeah. to get in mm-hmm. and it's like if you weren't in that line early enough man you got uh you got you got locked out on the outside yeah that was that was a highlight it yeah. was it was amazing to also see our listeners there mm-hmm. you know and have so we're hoping to do more of that 2024 mm-hmm. yeah i think that was one of the things that that we enjoyed the most is not just being able to do a show out in the community which we love but being able to meet folks who yeah. listen to us you know four times a week for mm-hmm. an hour and and um and hear some of the things that they like about the show other you know give us other ideas yeah. you know yeah. and that was really exciting mm-hmm. yeah um, and your conversation with him was very powerful. Yeah. Like, again, we talk about laughs and tears and, mm-hmm. you know, pa- just powerful mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. Carl, Carl is obviously, you know, he's like the the master of of capturing the weird Florida moments. Mm-hmm. Right. And and telling those stories. And he told some great stories of his own life, you know, that uh, that in one way or another probably made it into his books. But then he also talked about some serious things. Uh, Carl and I share this kind of unfortunate, kind of heartbreaking um, past in that we both lost uh, people that we love um, to gun violence. Um, I, I lost my father a few years ago um, um, to a shooting death, and um, and Carl uh, lost his brother. Uh, he, his brother Rob was in a was involved in a mass shooting. He was a reporter uh, at the Capitol Gazette in Washington, just outside Washington D.C. And um, and a gunman came into that building, and one of the people that were killed was his brother. Now, a lot of the things that we talked about uh, in our conversation were light, and were very uh, kind of I call him the ultimate Florida man. But mm-hmm. he did get serious about how that moment affected his ability to write and to create. I didn't know if I was going to be able to write anymore, and the way it helped me was I just you didn't know if you were going to write be able to write anymore. No, I, I didn't. Get it. it was I get it. Yeah, it was. You know, it's such a a devastating feeling and especially uh watching his kids uh uh 
struggle. I ended up writing a column about Rob and what had happened, and then I st started, got back into it, but it took me a couple months to kind of work, work into it. Um, and uh, it's the only time in my life that I, in my adult life, that I never, you know, that I didn't, I couldn't work on anything, you know, and I, I mean, but then he was a writer, a great writer and a columnist, and I could hear him, he would have been really pissed off if I had not started writing again. I mean, I, I, I totally got that with Carl, you know, when, when we were sitting there and, you know, that was kind of towards the end of the conversation. And and he really talks about, you know, how, you know, if you're a writer, that's just a part of how you process the world, you mm -hmm. know. Um, Les, you were there. I mean, t talk to me about what it was like because you were kind of in the back and kind of watching the crowd. and Yeah. Yeah, I was getting the audio so we can then play it for our radio audience. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, oh, yeah. And it's it's just, it was such a cool thing to do a show out with an audience you know you'll hear like the, the clapping the oohs the ahs and and you I think you hear like just the room whenever somebody it's just a special moment when someone's vulnerable and opens up it's such a gift mm -hmm. you yeah. know it's a gift that he that he gave us mm -hmm. so many um facets of himself and he, he was incredibly generous uh, because we, we happen to work with his oh, his yeah. daughter-in-law, mm -hmm. uh, Jenny Stiletovich, uh, who was Jenny Stiletovich Hyacin. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he gave her a huge shout out during the show as well because she has a new podcast out, uh, Bright Lit Place, which you can find on your podcast app. Um, but he told he told a lots, you know, lots of great stories about that, too. And, and she says that he doesn't. He doesn't normally do a lot of these mm. these these yeah. interviews, and but he apparently had a good time. Yeah, good. no, it apparently. Was, yeah. Well, he he, you know, shared shared with us. He sent yeah. sent you a text, you know. Yeah, yeah we we have the receipts. We have the receipts. And I mean, yeah, authors are bread and butter, and especially Carl Hyacin, he's huge. So that was amazing, yeah. and yeah, highlight for me, even though I wasn't able to be there. You I were know. a big part of making it happen. Yeah, yeah. I was the party and party. I was right. at my cousin's <laughs> wedding. Another wedding. Another wedding. <laughs> another wedding. Hey. <laughs> well, there was there was one episode which is really one of my memorable ones. Leslie, you and I kind of fought over like which uh -huh. you, which one of us is going to get <laughs> yeah. to introduce this one. But uh, I think for the sake of of adding that other clip, we're able to to you're able to give me this one, which um, <laughs> really was one of my most memorable ones. Which is uh, we had the author Sandra Cisneros in the studio with us. Um, there's lots of times where we can have, you know, in uh, a handful of times we'll have folks uh, on Zoom, but we were really lucky she was in town for an event and we were able to bring her here. But mm -hmm. that morning, as we knew she was coming in, I the night before I'd reread uh, A House on Mango Street, which was like her first big seminal book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's almost, you could, they're almost like vignettes, like poetic vignettes. And it's an adult book, but it's like a young adult book yeah. also. And it also deals with a lot of childhood feelings, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's read by a lot of middle school kids. And by total coincidence, we had a group of kids um, at WLRN and um, that morning. And, and shout out to Katie Cohen, who, uh, who works yeah. here at, at yeah. uh, WLRN as well. Um, I mentioned that, you know, it'd, it'd be interesting that we were having her here. It'd be interesting mm -hmm. to have these kids involved somehow. And we kind of put the pieces together, and I think um, the stars aligned. It yeah. was a it was a little <laughs> bit of surprise for us and for her to hear this. It's read by kids across the country, and it especially resonates with Latino kids. We had a group of local third graders here just visiting the studio today, and we thought, you know, what? How do we show them how radio works? How do we explain to them, you know, the back and forth of it and the recording? And we thought, what better way to show them? how this works and how your book still applies to them than to have them read a little bit of it. So 
we actually had them in this room, 30 kids. And <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> 90 of them read part of it. So would, if it's okay, I'd like, I'd like to hear this section that we recorded this morning, just a couple hours ago. It's the final essay in the house on Mango Street. Mango says goodbye sometimes. I like to tell stories. I tell them in my head. I tell them after the mailman says, here's your mail, here's your mail, he said. I make a story for my life. For each step my brown shoe takes, I say. And so she trudged up the wooden stairs, her sad brown shoes taking her to the house she never liked. I like to tell stories. I am going to tell you a story about a girl who didn't want to belong. We didn't always live on Mango Street. Before that, we lived on Loomis on the third floor. And before that, we lived on Keeler. Before Keeler, it was Paulina. But what I remember most is Mango Street, sad red house, the house I belong but do not belong to. I put it down on paper and then the ghost does not ache so much. I write it down and Mango says goodbye sometimes. She does not hold me with both arms. She sets me free. One day, I will pack my bags of books and paper. One day, I will say goodbye to Mango. I'm too strong for her to keep me here forever. One day, I will go away. Friends and neighbors will say what happened to that Esperanza. Where did she go with all those books and paper? Why did she march so far away? They will not know. I have gone away to come back for the ones I left behind, for the ones who cannot out. I'm wondering what, how that strikes you because I know to me it, it moved me to hear them read it. Well, I'm blinking back tears, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. that, was, that was kids reading from Sandra Cisnero's book, A House on Mango Street. Uh, and Sandra was listening to that, to that recording from just yeah. earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, again, another one of those great moments for us because we laughed so much. Yeah. And it was one of those, those moments that was really moving in, mm-hmm. a, in a different way, right? Yeah. It was a magical moment. I mean, she's she's one of my favorite authors, and she's actually good good friends with a couple of my neighbors who are authors as well. So it was really cool to finally meet her in person. And I'm not saying I'm a bruja, but the night before we had Sandra Cisneros, I had a dream that I, I had a dream where I was visualizing this studio that we're in right now and Carlos was in his host chair and Sandra was sitting where I'm sitting right now. And then in our studio, we have uh, windows around the studio. And I had a dream that there were kids on a field trip, wa- like outside of the studio watching the interview. And then what happens when I get to work? There are kids outside on a field trip. Bruja vibes. Bruja vibes I'm just only. saying. I'm just saying. I mean, sa- sa- don't cross me. Listen, Sandra, <laughs> she was tuned in. She was tuned in. She was even like, she was giving us life advice. Yeah. She was giving oh, yeah, dating advice, us, uh-huh. right? Like, like, what was her? She gave what she was supposed to give. Is that what the? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. We have, but we have an example of, of yes. her advice, don't we? we have oh to yeah. Hear it. We, yeah. We talked about. She talked about uh, love and life in, in general, and uh, I mean, I can't say it any better than she can. I wish someone had told me not to waste so much time mooning and grieving about the, the guy who left, who'd done me wrong. You know, I wasted so much time being brokenhearted. Uh, you know, I could have learned Russian, or I could have learned Japanese, or I could have <laughs> learned Vietnamese, or you know, I could have done all these things. And instead, I was always like, oh, poor me. 
And, you know, men come and go, but essentially you have to be in love with yourself. And I feel so loved now by the universe and by my animals and by plants and mountains and clouds that I don't feel like I need someone to make me feel good about myself. And I just wasted a lot of time with with individuals that uh, were not as focused on me as I was on them. So I, I just feel like, you know, if you're looking for love, you know, go sit under a tree. You know, go to the botanical gardens, get on a mountain, adopt a dog, you know. <laughs> There's love all around you. You don't have to sit at home moping and feeling, oh, ay, pobre de mí. Uh, I just feel so much better now, and I wish I hadn't wasted all of those years with the the men who done me wrong. Yeah, don't waste your time on a broken heart. No. Turn it into poetry. Turn it into poetry. Get outside, you know, walk and, and get a life. Get a life. Get a life. <laughs> 2024, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> well, she you you took her advice almost immediately, right? Yeah, Alisa? so so right after the show, I I helped San cuz Sandra was coming from out of town. And so she had called herself an Uber to go back to her hotel in the beach. And our Uber driver, I don't know what was wrong with that guy, but he was having a very difficult time finding our studio and finding Sandra. And he, she, Sandra is Mexican-American and our her Uber driver was Cuban. I am Cuban-American. And Sandra just, she, she was trying to communicate with him on the phone, even though she speaks perfect Spanish she lives in Mexico but she literally put him on the phone and she's like Elisa I can't understand Cuban Spanish please I can't like you talk to him I I don't know where this guy is so I'm talking to him on the phone we finally find him I walk with Sandra out to the Uber you know open the door get her in the Uber say goodbye she she drives away and then a few minutes after that I get this text and I have it printed out here like it's a real housewives reunion I have the receipt right here she, Sandra texts me, hi, period. Do you want to date with my Uber driver? He thinks you are Linda. Signed, Sandra Cisneros. <laughs> and I go, I don't know. Was he cute? Was he nice? She goes, yeah. I told him to call you at WLRN. <laughs> he never called me, by the way. Oh. Boo. Oh. Boo. Well, speaking of things we're looking forward to still. Oh, I don't know yes. what I'm looking forward to. Well, you know what? My what I'm looking forward to my year my word of the year is abundance and do you know why that's my word of the year? No, but you're gonna tell me. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> it is because one of our so one of the days that that our colleague Wilkin Brutus guest hosted, he had one of his old friends from high school who is the owner of a, a hat brand. And he brought us some hats. Very nice. Our, cool. gu- our guests bring us nice little gifts sometimes. We love that. And he brought me a hat that's UM Colors. I'm a, I'm a Kane grad. And and the hat says abundance. And I love that word. So do what you want with that. Beautiful. What, what about you, Leslie? What are some things that you're looking forward to? Or guests or even things that you're looking forward to this year? Well, I'm, I know we're, we're going to have Richard Blanco on the show. Um, Elisa mm-hmm. spoke with him. And it's, it's a really sweet, different, different angle maybe that you get from him. I don't know how much we want to tease of that. But we're really, we're really looking forward Tune to in. that. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm looking forward to more moments like this, like the ones we talked about. And, and the surprises of the guests that we get to book, the people mm-hmm. that, you know, 
come by Miami. Well, yeah. one of one of my big surprises, the thing I'm looking forward to, is I said, you know, give us shoot what who what guest would you love mm-hmm. to ultimately have on Sundown 2024? Yeah. And the guest I mentioned, you guys had booked already, and he will be in studio with oh, us tomorrow. Yes. That is the great Ron McGill. Yes. Uh, he is the most animated animal advocate that you can imagine. So. We're looking forward to having him. But I'm going to use all my bruja powers to get Pitbull on our show. Just oh, saying. Yes. 2024 manifesting. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Burn. Guys, it Burn was great stage. to catch up. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. And that's Sundown for Tuesday, January 2nd. Leslie Ovai Atkinson over there is our lead producer. And over here is our producer, Elisa Baena. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. And Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio, and our engineer is Richard Ives, who believes that pastelitos really are sandwiches, I'm guessing. <laughs> our theme in music <laughs> is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at gopalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, what the animal kingdom can teach us about survival, fear, and family. We talk with wildlife photographer and animal advocate Ron McGill about his latest book, I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only in 2024. WLRN Public Media.